brand new book. Here we go. We're launching right in. And uh, <clears throat> let's just go ahead and read that. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved, in, in we've got to move that over, in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ or kept by Jesus Christ, I think some say. So we're looking at Jude. And I did a study a few weeks back called What's in a Name? And, and I'm just fascinated by that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what's in a name? Everything is in a name. It's in the name of Jesus. So many things, our whole lives uh, are, are turned around by the name of Jesus. The powerful, powerful name of Jesus. So, but today we're looking at Jude. And, and when I say the name Jude, what do you think of? See, you all like are telling me how old you are. These young people are going like, I don't know. Like what? Sis, do you think of anything? Nod your head up or down or she's hiding now. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much what everybody thinks of if you've been around a little while. I mean, even young people are like getting into the Beatles now, right? And... Uh, and so you think of, hey, Jude, you know, and, and what that's all about. And I don't know if you know the story about that song, uh, but I'm going to tell it to you anyways. Uh, this song came out like 53 years ago. That's why a lot of people don't know it. It's a long time ago, right? And it's still like one of the most well-known of their songs. It's just the catchy thing about it or whatever. But, but Paul wrote this song, and I'm reading here... Uh, he wrote the song for John Lennon's five-year-old son, Julian. His name is Julian. But he wanted to, he wanted to comfort uh, Julian after John left his wife and Julian's mother for Yoko Ono, right? So the, the family is breaking up. It's this family, this, this divorce is happening. And it's not a pleasant thing. And you got a five-year-old. How does a five-year-old understand that, right? And so John wrote the song to kind of, you know, help him out a little bit. He was, it, it says uh, that he was going to their house to comfort them and just to see how they're doing. You know, uh, Cynthia was her name uh, for Julian and Cynthia and see how they were doing. And, and so uh, he actually started writing the song in the car on the way over there. And this, you know, the words started coming out and, and uh, he started singing, you know, Hey, Jules, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. And, and you know, he, he was just trying to be optimistic, it says, you know. He says, he says, come on, man, your parents got divorced. I know you're not happy, but you'll be okay. And he says, I eventually changed the name Jules to Jude. One of the characters in Oklahoma is called Jude, and I like the name. <laughs> so he changed it from Jules to Jude, just because he liked the name. Interesting, isn't it? So you, you got these connections. And whenever I hear the, the name Jude, too, you know, that's, that's kind of what comes to my mind as well. But, but what I want to talk about today is Jude, and I want to talk about family, and I want to talk about stuff like that. You know, your family, how, how's your family? When you think about your family, 
what kinds of thoughts come to your mind? You know, was it, was it good? How did you grow up? Was it a good situation? Do you have good memories? Do you have bad memories? Like, or, or it's just not something you even want to think about or talk about? But this is all real stuff, you know, and, and, and we're going to see in the scripture today dealing with this guy named Jude that it, this is all real stuff for them too back then. Same as it was for John Lennon and, and Paul McCartney and this young boy named Julian. Same kind of thing. Stuff happens, you know. But we see here Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. So who, who was this guy? Let's, let's ask the question. Jude was actually a, a very common name, kind of like John. Common. Uh, it, it really had a few different um, iterations, if I want to use that word. If any of you know what it means, I don't, but it sounds good. Um, Jude, Judas, Judah. We have a young boy named Judah around. It, you know, they're, they're basically all the same name. And uh, I think, uh, let me ask Patrick, what does Judah mean? It's his son, okay? It means praise, right? It means praise. One of the sons of, of uh, Israel, right? Named a Judah. So, so this particular Jude who wrote this book, you know, there, there are a number of possibilities. It kind of boils down to really the three top possibilities. Number one, there was an apostle named Judas, right? Not Judas Iscariot, that was another Judas. He was kind of the number two, possibly. But the number one is, you know, uh, Judas the Apostle. But it says about him that he was the son of James. And then Judas Iscariot, well, we can kind of rule him out right away, right? It wasn't him. We know it wasn't him. And then the third is Judas, who was the half-brother of Jesus, Right? I think this is probably the correct one, the most likely. Uh, Jude, Jude never, in his writings, he never claims to be an apostle. And the things that he taught about and, and shared in his, in his this short little letter were some pretty heavy stuff. So he could have pulled the apostle card if he was an apostle. But he wasn't one of those apostles, one of the twelve. And then he says, he says here that he was the brother of James. Well, you know, Jude, Judas, the half-brother of Jesus, had a brother named James. And this James is the one who we know also wrote the book, this letter of James, right? And he was a, a half-brother of Jesus as well, and he became uh, the leader of the Jerusalem church, this guy Judas, or James, excuse me. So, this being the most likely, I'm, gonna, I'm just going with it because I believe that's what, what it really is, that he was the half-brother of Jesus, this guy Jude. So, so going with that, he was a son of who? Whose son was he? Joseph, Joseph and Mary, right? And, and these, we looked at their kind of re, reactions, responses to what was going on. Uh, you know, when, when they, the angel came and said, you know, you're going to have the son, his, his name is going to be Jesus, and, and the whole situation that happened there. And they both kind of surrendered to, to what God wanted to do. And that's a great thing, and it's an example for you and I. But in Mark chapter 6, it says uh, uh, about Jesus, the, the people were saying, and, 
They said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. But it says here, they're looking at Jesus and they said, you know, isn't, isn't he Mary's son? Interesting to me, he says, isn't this Mary's son? doesn't say Mary and Joseph's son, because we know that he wasn't Joseph's son. But notice they, they mentioned four different brothers, and then they mentioned sisters, plural. So we know that he had four brothers, right? And at least two sisters. So there was five boys and at least two girls in the family. That's a pretty good-sized family. How many of you grew up in a family that large? A couple of you. Yeah, I did. Now, some, I'll just throw this out for the sake of discussion here. Some, some claim that these, who I call brothers and these sisters, they were, they were actually cousins. This is what they claim. But they're never called cousins in the Bible. It's not something you find in the scripture. And, and some also think that maybe what they were was children of Joseph from a previous marriage. Now you have to get pretty creative to come up with some of these ideas. But the reason that they come up with it, you, some of you know what the reason is. Some of you know? How many? No. A couple of you know. The reason, I'll tell you, uh, because... I don't want you fighting over the donuts. If I say you get an extra donut, then there are going to be fights and all that. But it's to justify this teaching of the perpetual virginity of Mary. That's what, that's what the teaching is. That's what the Catholic Church teaches. That Mary was a, a virgin forever. But the Bible says there's four other brothers and two sisters, at least two sisters. So where did they come from? Scripture doesn't teach some of these things. Scripture says this is the family. We see, you know, why, why would these people be, always be with Mary? Well, she just liked her, you know, nephews and nieces and she, you know, no. Because they were her kids. So it was a big family. And, 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 you, and I want you to think about this. What was that like growing up in the family, in, in this big family? At least seven kids Mary and Joseph, we don't know. At some time, Joseph, you know, is not, no longer on the scene. Did he die? We don't know what happened to him. Something happened to him. But, but growing up with Jesus, I want you to think about that. If Jesus was one of your siblings, like, what would that be like? That's kind of radical. In some ways, and, 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 and some of you have grown up like this, it was a blended family. You know what I mean by a blended family? You have people from different parents, right? And, and you get together. And, and, and so this was kind of really a blended family, if you think about it, because Jesus was really the son of God. He wasn't the son of Joseph. And then you have these others. They were the sons of Joseph. And, and now we're all living together. And, and there could be some tension here, right? I mean, there could be some stigma. You know, Jesus is the guy, and, and, and it said, you know, they took offense at, at Jesus. They said, isn't this Mary's son? Maybe they were saying that because, because there was some kind of stigma about what, where, did, where did Jesus come from? They knew it. there was questionable, the timing of that whole thing, right? She's already pregnant, and they're not even fully married yet. But you're in this family, and I just wonder, like, what kinds of things did Jesus say? Like, well, 
I made that. You know, we said, oh yeah, yeah, I was there at the Exodus. I saw that. I, I, knew, I knew all about that. And they're looking at him like, you know, now he's the oldest, so you got to show a little bit of respect for the oldest, right? But, you know, I'm sure they wanted to like, you got four brothers and brothers are kind of rough, right? I grew up with five brothers and it was rough. And it was six boys in a row and then two girls at the end. So I, I kind of know, you know, you just, you, you, it's rough. He was always right. You know, but, but are, you, are you affected by your family? Do you think you might be just a little bit? Growing up with Jesus, are, are they affected by this and like all this stuff that's happening within the family? I know I, know I am and, and I certainly was, you know. Like I said, six boys and two girls, and then, uh, and I've told you this story before, you know, an al- I had an alcoholic father, and, and my parents got divorced, and so my mom pretty much raised us for many, many years, but my dad, my real dad, he left a legacy, but it's not a good legacy. It was basically drugs, and crime, and alcohol. And other stuff that I don't even want to get into. And that's the kind of legacy he left. Now maybe, maybe yours was like that, but maybe yours was really good. And I, I'm not downplaying where you are. It's just, I'm, bringing, I'm just trying to bring in the reality. This is a, a real family that Jesus was part of. That Jude was part of. This is a real family with real issues. This whole thing, you know, that Jesus, we know Jesus, the scripture teaches very clear, Jesus was sinless and never did anything wrong, never sinned. They, you know, another false teaching is that Mary was also the same. No, Mary was not sinless. She was a human being. She was a sinful person like you and I. She was blessed, absolutely. But, it, but, but you know, it wasn't always easy. And, it, and I don't believe it was always good in the family of Jesus. It says in Mark chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Jesus was speaking and he said this, Only in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. Jesus could speak about that, about his very own family, even in his own house. He, and, and was he a prophet? Absolutely a prophet. He was the prophet. They didn't believe in him. They did not believe in him. Most of his life, they didn't believe in him. Now, they were all younger than him. He's the first one, right? So they're younger. So as as old as they were, that's how many years they didn't believe in him. So let's kind of move on because I want to look at a few other things. And I'm going to put the, the references up on the screen here for you. But it's pretty much all in the family. How, how many of you remember that show? Kind of a radical show, really. But I'm going to read some of these verses starting in Luke chapter 2. And, and we, we kind of want to look at what's happening here. And uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 41. It says, every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. You all know this story, but let's read it anyways. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. And after the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. 
And thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? One translation says about my father's business. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. He's 12 years old. Now, when a 12-year-old tells you something, usually you go like, be quiet, you're 12. Right? But Jesus, they didn't understand. This is Jesus. He, everything he said was actually accurate and correct. He said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? I had to be about my father's house. And they're going like, what are you talking about? Joseph and Mary, you know, Mary says, didn't you know? Why are you treating like this? You're treating us like this. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And he said, my father, I had to be in my father's house. Like, okay. Now, Mary, and, Jesus, Mary and, and Joseph, they had some inklings about all this, but you don't hear them saying much about it, really. But they had some inklings like, okay, we, you know, the angels told us all this stuff. We, really, we still don't understand. They didn't get the whole picture. Now let's look at John chapter 7. This is a little bit later, of course. Jesus has grown up now. And in verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus went around in Galilee purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. But when the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, You ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one who wants to become, become a public figure, a star, acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? You know, they had heard and they'd probably seen some of the miracles. They certainly had heard about it. His mother, we already know, was there at the wedding in Cana when the water was changed to wine. So she saw, she knew. But the brothers here, you know, they've got this strange thing happening. They see this stuff, they hear about it, but they don't believe. They'd seen miracles, they'd heard about miracles at least, and they don't believe. I don't believe. And then they say this weird kind of thing. You, you need to go there and, you know, if you really want to get famous, go to Judea now and show everybody what you're doing, like put on a show. You say, wow, this is what's going on in the family. Jesus, you know, they grew up with him. He's old, you know, he's 30 years old at least now. And they're going like, Jesus, whatever you're doing, whatever. Go do your thing. But they don't get it. 
They don't get it. They don't believe and they do not understand what is going on with this guy, this guy they grew up with, this man now named Jesus. But Jesus, he had a much bigger picture, didn't he? Family to Jesus was, he had a different slant, a different understanding of family. Jesus did. Later, at a different point, it says Jesus' mother and his brothers excuse me, came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. That's in Luke chapter 8. Matthew chapter 12 says this, Someone told him, told Jesus, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. You're, you know, hey... Your family's out there. They want to talk to you. Family is important. Family comes first, right? What did Jesus say? He replied to them, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, those who were around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. See, he, like I said, he had a different picture of who family Family was family. Family was people who, who followed Jesus Christ, who, who believed in him, who did the Father's will. That's, that's the family that, that Jesus was most concerned about. Not that he didn't care about his family. In fact, at the cross, who did he take care of? One of the, one of his, the last seven sayings on the cross was about who? Mary, his mother. He says to John, take care of her. He cared about his family, but, it, but, but, but what was more important, the bigger picture is the, the family of God, the family of heaven. Now in Mark chapter 3, at one point this happens, Jesus went into a house and again a crowd gathered and he was so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. And when his family heard about this, they went to take, to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. Is anything going on in this family? They think, Jesus, he's a nut. He's out of his mind. Look at this, there's stuff going on here. He's not even taking time to eat. He's not even breaking up the crowd to eat. And whatever else was going on there, they wanted to take charge of him. I, I had to think, you know, maybe in your family... They think you're crazy because you're a follower of Jesus. Did that ever happen to you? I know it's happened in my life. They're like, okay, you can, you can go on with that phase that you're in. Now, 40 some odd years later, I'm still in the phase. But the most exciting thing is that things changed. For Jude and for these people, things changed. Jude, we see here in this letter, Jude became a follower, a believer. He became a leader. He wrote this letter. Something happened to Jude. We know the same thing happened to James, his brother. He wrote the letter of James. He became a leader in in the early church and the leader in the church in Jerusalem. What happened to this family? What happened to these brothers? We don't know about the sisters, but we know for sure about their brothers. What happened? When did it happen? Something happened in their lives. 
Something definite happened. And when did it happen? Well, uh, you know, there's no, there's no writing that says, you know, on this day this happened. But it appears that it happened after the resurrection. The resur- they saw the cross and the resurrection. Mary was there at the cross. And it says here, this is after the resurrection now in Acts 1.14. It says, they all joined constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. They're now a part of the early church and they're now praying. Something radical took place. Something radical took place. Now this is, this is depending on how old these brothers were, for Mary, uh, again, Mary's in a kind of a, a different situation because she had known about this for 33 years, it is for her. But they're, the brothers, they're, they're less than 30 years old, but but they, for, for, for 30 years, give or take, they grew up with this guy. They knew him. But they didn't really know him, did they? They were familiar with him. And, and you can be so close and, and so familiar with somebody, family, but you really don't even know how they think and who they are and what is really important to them. That can happen even in a marriage, I hate to say. And it made me think like, do I, even know my, do I know my wife? Do I know my kids? It can happen and it does happen. That's what happened to them. 30 some odd years. It said in Got Questions, that website I, re- I recommend, that Jude and his brother James, they, they also teach us that familiarity with Jesus is not sufficient to save us. They lived in the same, the same household with the Son of God for years, yet they did not believe in Him. They knew about Him, but they did not know Him. That's a danger, you know. For, for us, you know, we, we, if, we are, if we don't know Jesus Christ for ourselves, just because somebody we know, our family member or whatever knows, they, they, they're believers, they walk and follow Jesus, it's not any good for us. It doesn't help us. You need to, at some point in time, grapple with it for yourself. And, and I saw that with, in, in our own family, with, with our own kids. They had, to, they had to come to Jesus and they had to grapple and understand it for themselves. Not because of my faith. John 17, Jesus said, you know, this is eternal life that they may know you. He's praying to the Father and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's what eternal life and, and faith is all about. Knowing him. Actually knowing him. Again, radical change in their lives. Radical change. We see it here. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. He now calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ. Before he was saying, you know what? You have lost it. You're out of your mind. You're crazy. I, why would I follow? We're going to take charge of you. Now he says, you know what? I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. This one he grew up with. And a brother of James. Neither, neither him, by the way, neither him nor James claims to be a brother of Jesus. Maybe that was kind of a little bit too proud. You know, we, you and I would probably do that, I have to say, if we were. And then we realized who he was, we'd probably say, yeah, I'm a brother of Jesus. Yeah. 
you know, I know him really well. But maybe they, maybe they didn't say that because they realized how foolish that would be. And because for 30 some odd years, they didn't really know him very well. But they understood now and they had come face to face with the truth about who Jesus really was. You and I have to come face to face with Jesus, that he is the Lord, that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is God, the Son of God. And that's what changed them. And that's what made them a part of this bigger family. For my first closing, <laughs> I want to just mention a few scriptures. Really, and I like this phrase, and it's not changing for me. There we go. God's forever family. We have, you know, our families, whether they're good or they're not so good or whatever, there are families, that's what it is, but there's a bigger family. It's God's forever family. And that's what's the most, most important thing. And that's what, that's what Jesus pointed to. In John 1, 12, and, and this word, this, this phrase forever family, you've heard it before, right? Where, what context do you typically hear that? Anybody? Adoption, right? Kids that need that don't, they don't have a family and they, they want to be adopted into a forever family. And that's very sweet, very special. But this is the bigger family. John 1, 12, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, that is in Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Romans chapter 8, Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of adoption. And the last one, 1 John 3. John says, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are, children of God, family. Think about that. When you, when you, when you think of Jude, hey, Jude, there's a messed up family that, that was going on back then, 53 years ago, maybe not so many years ago for you, but there's a, there's a bigger family, and it's the family of God, and, the, and you and I can be changed forever like Jude, like his brother James, and be followers and servants of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be the Savior of the world. That we might join your family, that you might adopt us, and all we have to do is receive that and believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Maybe some of us are, are so familiar. We, we go to church even. We're familiar with the name, and yet we don't really know who he is. Father, I pray you would open our eyes to see who Jesus really is. And at some point, uh, Jude, his eyes were opened. James, his eyes were opened. And, and they gave their lives to follow you and eventually they physically their lives were given for you as well. Thank you for 
this family, that you adopted me into your family, your forever family. It's so sweet, so special. And, and not only that, but it's eternal. Father, I thank you for that. Watch over your family, Lord, your kids. We're just your kids, and, but we're also your servants. We want to serve you the best we can. The best we can in this life with what we have. Your word says that you receive from us according to what we have, not according to what we don't have. So we just give to you from what we have. That's it. A simple loaves and fish that we might have. Just offer it to you that you might take it and multiply it and use it for your glory and your and for your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.